How do you know about them? Elementary, my dear Watson. Nancy Drew. But I've got to go, Dad. It's my case and my fault, too. Come on, Miss Sherlock. Here's Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. I'm a shamus, private eye, gumshoe. Hello, welcome to Curiosity Engine, a podcast powered by the need to know more. I'm Dr. Angela, and I host this podcast with my son, William, who is nine years old. Hello. This is the first episode of our brand new podcast, and we're pretty excited about that. So what's it about? Basically, anything that sparks our curiosity. So in each episode, we'll dive into something we want to know more about and share what we find with you. We'll do things like talk to experts, share cool books we enjoyed, ask questions, and share activities you can do at home. So William, what are we curious about today? Detectives. That's right, I love detectives. A detective is someone who solves mysteries. They find answers to crimes or strange occurrences by investigating or looking deeper into why things are the way they are. What do you find interesting about detectives, William? I like how sometimes they come across mysteries while doing everyday things. It's also cool how well they think about things and use their senses to figure things out. Okay, so maybe you figured out why we chose to make our first episode about detectives. They are all about being curious and following that curiosity to some discoveries. Let's take a moment to think about how detectives do that. Did you think of something? William, how do you think detectives find answers to things they're curious about? By investigating the scene. Okay, how do they investigate the scene? By searching for clues wherever something happened. Okay, so how do we search for clues? Observation. Yes, the detective's most important tool is their power of observation. That means they're always noticing everything that goes on around them. You might have seen detectives with a magnifying glass, but really, you just need your senses to observe. Clues might come from something you saw, a strange sound you heard, a weird smell, or even by touch or taste. They can also do some research, which means looking for information in other places. When we want to know more about something, what do we like to do, William? Look in a book. Absolutely. There's a book out there about pretty much anything you want to know. First, though, you might have noticed that I called myself Dr. Angela at the beginning. But I'm not the kind of doctor who gives you a checkup and looks in your ears. Did you know that there are many different kinds of doctors? That kind of doctor who keeps you healthy is a medical doctor. Your dentist is another type of doctor. I'm a totally different type from that, a doctor of literature. What's that? Well, 
basically books and stories. It means I know a lot about reading stories and writing stories. I love them so much that I studied about them until I was an expert, someone who knows a lot about something. The thing I love most about books is that you can learn about pretty much anything in them. They can tell you more about things you're curious about or make you curious about new things that you hadn't even thought of before. There are so many great stories about detectives out there. The latest detective stories we've enjoyed are the Enola Holmes books by Nancy Springer. They've also been adapted into graphic novels and a new movie. William, can you tell us a little bit about Enola Holmes and why you like the stories? Enola Holmes is the sister of a famous detective. I kind of like all the clues. I like how the books are written. I like how Enola finds the clues. And I like all the puzzles that are in the book. Word puzzles and flower codes. Oh, so she's kind of a code breaker then. Yes, kind of. I like that she also has lots of adventures and that even when she's in danger, she still figures it out. The Enola Holmes books are among many, many stories inspired by my all-time favorite, her big brother, Sherlock Holmes. He is the amazing, brilliant detective in the books by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who solves mysteries with his partner, Dr. Watson. Many of those original stories about Sherlock Holmes you have to read when you're a bit more grown up, but fortunately, there are many kid-friendly stories about Sherlock Holmes and other detectives. For example, on our bookshelf, we have the comic book series Kid Sherlock, written by Justin Phillips with art by Sean Miller. Why don't you tell us what it's about, William? In the comic, Sherlock Holmes is a kid who solves mysteries at school. Is Dr. Watson there too? Yes, but in the comic, he's a doc. <laughs> it's also about what's happening at Sherlock's school, like show and tell and recess, and how he's trying to make friends. And what did you like most about Kid Sherlock? The mysteries he solves because they're pretty funny. Yeah, great detective stories can be funny, not just mysterious. The Kid Sherlock series is completed already, but you can find it by asking at your local comic book store or asking your parents to look for it online. It's aimed at kids around 7 to 12 years old. One of my favorite mystery stories is a series of books called The Boxcar Children. I read those when I was a kid, and now William enjoys them too. They follow a group of brothers and sisters who solve mysteries and have all kinds of different adventures together. They're called the Boxcar Children because at the very beginning of the first book, they find themselves without a home and have to live in an old train boxcar for a while. The books are written for children who are about 8 to 10 years old. William, what other detective or mystery type books would you recommend? Encyclopedia Brown. The Geronimo and Theus Hilton books, A to Z Mysteries, the Book Scavenger series, there's so many. 
Some other classics for kids include the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys series, and another of my favorites that's a little harder to find, the Trixie Belden Mysteries. Those mystery books helped us learn a lot about detectives. You can find a list of these and other detective stories we like on our website, curiosityengine.org. You can also go there to share your own recommendations with us. Now it's time for our segment called Know About Nature. One of the things we love to learn about in our family is how the world we live in works. In each episode, we're going to explore some part of nature or science that has to do with that day's theme. In this case, detectives. Detectives can be everyday people or kids, as well as professional detectives like police officers or private investigators. But did you know that scientists are also a kind of detective? We have a special guest today who's going to tell us more about that. Her name is Dr. Jenny Stoniker, and she's a plant biologist. That means she's a doctor who is an expert on plants. I got a chance to talk to her recently. Here's what we talked about. Do you think scientists are detectives? I do think scientists are detectives because we ask questions and we look for clues and we use those clues to help answer our questions and try to learn new things about the world. Just like a detective will look for clues and try to solve problems that they find in the world. Do you think that part of it, like detecting and wanting to solve a mystery, do you think that's part of what made you want to be a scientist? I think so. I think you have to have curiosity where you where you see something and you wonder what's going on and you want to figure out why something's happening or how something's happening. And so I think detectives and scientists both have to be curious about the world around them. What makes you curious about plants? Plants are amazing. <laughs> plants are all around us and we often don't think about them, but we get all of our food comes from plants. Either we eat plants directly or we eat something that ate a plant. And um, plants make our world beautiful. They're the trees that are outside um, our schools and our houses and the grass that we play on at the park. Um, those are all plants. And we don't think about them because they seem maybe kind of boring because they don't move. They don't have any kind of, they're not soft and furry like your pet dog or your pet cat. Um, but they have to do so many amazing things because they can't move. So they have to cooperate with animals like birds um, to make sure that they can make seeds and have new generations of plants. And so I think they're pretty fascinating because of the challenges they face in living in the world. What do you think, this might take you a minute to think about, okay. What do you think is one really weird plant mystery that science has helped us solve? Let's see. Weird or just interesting? Yeah. Well, one really interesting type of plants are like the Venus flytraps or the pitcher plants. And so these are plants that eat animals. They eat bugs. That's terrifying. I know, right? <laughs> um, and so the reason they do this is they, they can't move, but they live in this place where the soil isn't very rich. 
Um, so normally when we think about plants, we think that they need sunlight, they need water, and they need soil to grow in. And so these plants live in a place where the soil is very poor and doesn't have all the things that the plants need to live. And so Venus flytraps and pitcher plants have evolved to catch insects and then get those extra things that they need from the bugs. And they're really crafty in the way that they've done that. Um, they use, they trap the insects basically and they give out scents that the insects like to smell and that lures them in and then they fall in the plants and can't get out. And then the insects, or then the plants digest the insects, um, turn them into goo basically, and then they take the nutrients that they need, the food that they need from those bugs, which is pretty amazing. That is amazing and very creepy very as creepy. well, yes. <laughs> which makes me kind of love them even more. Yeah. Um, so we had to find out about how like Venus flytraps mm -hmm. work through science detecting. Mm -hmm. What tools do you use as a science detective? Yeah, I think the most important tool for a science detective is really to be curious and really to ask questions about the world. Um, and so for all the up and coming science detectives out there, I would say um, get a notebook and a pencil or a pen. And when you have questions, write them down. And then when you're trying to answer those questions, think about the things you're observing. So let's say you were looking at a Venus flytrap and you could ask a question, how does this Venus flytrap get its food? And then you could write that down in your notebook and then you could make your observations. So you could use your eyes and your sense of smell and uh, your sense of touch. And maybe you could touch the Venus flytrap and you could see that it would close. And so you could get a sense of how it's working in the world. And you can record all of these observations in your notebook so that you can go back through them later. Um, so for scientists, really using their senses and making notes is a really important kind of universal tool for all scientists. That's really cool because it seems like science might be really hard to do because of all the tools we see like beakers and labs and fire <laughs> you know all kinds of different equipment and machines that people use for science but you're saying you have all you need kind of right on your body exactly. to do it? Yeah, so there are definitely scientists who work in labs who have very specialized machines. We build these huge like particle accelerators that physicists use to see how the universe works. But all of those scientists that are working in those labs and working with all that really complicated equipment, they're all taking notes, probably with a pencil and paper, maybe on a computer, but they're all taking notes about the things they observe and then coming up with their ideas about the world from those notes. Is there any science mystery that you are really interested in that hasn't been solved yet? Science mystery. Well, there's so many mysteries, right? I think every time you do science, you might think you come up with a solution, but really that's just asking a whole bunch more questions. Um, and so there's, yeah, there's always a new question to ask when it comes to science. So we learned that just like detectives, scientists use deduction or deductive reasoning to make a hypothesis, an idea of what the solution might be, to test that idea using experiments and observations, and to use the facts that they find to decide if their hypothesis was correct, to solve the mystery. No matter what age you are or what mystery you want to solve, 
you can use your powers of observation and other tools like books and experts and deduction to find out what you need to know. What are you curious to know more about? We'd love to know. Ask a grown-up to help you go to our website, curiosityengine.org, and leave us a message. We might even do a future episode about it. Well, that's the end of our show for today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We hope you'll join us again for more curiosity, more discoveries, and more fun. See you next time. Bye. Bye.